0: Welcome to Baseball's Inside Journey, the podcast that helps players and parents grow their baseball knowledge. This is the show that specializes in youth baseball. And now, here's Coach Drew and Eric Powers. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Baseball's Inside
1: Journey, brand new podcast, and a lot of the credit for this podcast, I'd say pretty much all of it, has to go to Coach Drew, everybody. Come on! (laughs) All right, well, thank you, Eric. Thank you. Um, The cool thing about this podcast, it just kind of came together organically. Mm -hmm. It was like an idea you had, and that's where all great ideas come from. They just come from spur of the moment. Yep. And this is one that we have taken very seriously and it's been kind of morphing in month after month and idea after idea.
0: But I think it all resonated from a place of trying to help people, right? Absolutely. I mean, I've been coaching for, for many, many years. And for me, that's that's what scratches that itch is to, to be able to coach and, and kind of give back some of the knowledge that I have and, and help young people out to, to become better at, at baseball
1: what's cool is you have not only been in baseball for 30 years plus right well, longer than that yeah my whole life your yeah, whole life. life but you've been through so many different parts of baseball from a player to a coach uh, you've done so much to to little league to uh, an adult men's league so what keeps you passionate about baseball
0: yeah, you know, it. it's it's such a, a passion. I've played baseball my whole life, obviously. That's how it starts for everybody, right? The, you go up through Little League, you get into high school. And then what's after high school? Well, if you don't get drafted out of high school, you're going to try and play in college or independent ball or something like that. Um, I ended up walking on at Bellevue Community College uh, after high school and made the team. And and boy, that was just a great experience for me. My, my passion for baseball has always been there. And so what I found was that it was... Uh, able to kind of redirect that passion into coaching.
1: What do we want the audience to get out of this podcast when they listen to it week in week out? From your vantage point, because you've created this podcast to help people,
0: it, it is to help people. That's really the mission of the podcast is is just to provide information and resources to amateur baseball players and their families. Uh, everybody has their own journey, you know, and and a lot of times it starts out uh, maybe when a, when a son or daughter is ten years old and gets gets voted on the little league all star team, and the parents are like, "Wow, this is great my my son or daughter has a real aptitude for for baseball, but I don't know what to what to do or how to help what do I do and So they always go to the coach right, and maybe the coach doesn't really know. Really, the right things to say, and and that's where I kind of have a lot of passion is to make sure that people get the right information and not just some guy that's winging it. All right,
1: coming up next, we got to ask Coach Drew the question all parents want to know. We're going to talk more about the podcast, but the question they want to know, I'm going to set it up now, is what keeps parents up at night with their players uh, and their 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 kids, their their sons, because at the end of the day, it feels like you know parents stress out lose sleep spend a lot of time effort and money and you know and, and i'd love to hear from you like what is keeping them up at night we'll do that next oh yeah
0: boy we got a lot to talk a
1: about. lot to unpack there on baseball's inside journey feet
2: pain ankle pain knee pain hip pain it all starts with our feet hi there i'm delilah if you have pain talk with the folks at good feet They make arch supports that are designed to support all four arches of the foot, aligning your body from the feet up. Get fitted today at one of the Good Feet locations near you, goodfeet.com.
0: Welcome back to Baseball's Inside Journey with Coach Drew
1: and Eric Powell. All right, we are back to Baseball's Inside Journey podcast number one. My name is Eric Powers, along with Coach Drew, the man of the hour. Good to be here. Uh, I love the way the show's going because man, you're just open, you're honest, and uh, we're gonna have some fun. Yeah,
0: I, this has been a long time coming, as you know. We've been talking about this for a couple of years now, so to finally have the time together where we're able to do this is just just really awesome.
1: No doubt. And you're the in the beginning of your next season as a select baseball coach, yeah, so you're gonna yeah. get real busy here. 13U this year. 13U merchants. Uh, And, okay, so we kind of talked about this before the break, uh, but I got to know, man, I mean, what do you believe and feel keeps parents up at night about their players? And that's a loaded question.
0: (laughs) It is, but it's... it's, But you're also a parent with a player. I know. With a rock star player. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not something that I haven't thought about either. Right. I mean, one of the things from a coaching standpoint that is very helpful is that I can make sure one of the things that is a passion of mine too, as a coaching is that I want to make sure that my kid and any kid that is on my team doesn't go, does, you know, has the right message. Um, but, but the thing that keeps parents up at night and it kept me up at night as well is things like, is my son strong enough? Is he big enough? Can he hang with these guys? You know, and what can I do to help? Uh, you know when your son is ten years old and he's playing maybe with maybe he's playing majors in little league and he's he's smaller than everybody and he's not can't throw as fast and can't run as fast doesn't hit as hard and it looks like he's he's definitely not one of the better players that doesn't mean he's not going to be it will so much will change, but that's the thing that that I hear about all the time and and even you know laying up at night myself my my son Grayson used to play up with my son Wesley. And so he was playing with, with kids that were two years older than him and that puts him at a disadvantage, but he could hang. Right. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so by being able to hang with those kids, uh, naturally I'm comparing him to those kids, even though they're two years older. And I, I think anybody that has kids knows that two years can mean a lot, even between nine and 11. And, uh, and so that was something that, that I've even dealt with and I've thought about and, um, and so, yeah, I would say that's probably the thing that uh, every parent thinks about is, is can my kid hang? Yeah. Is he big enough? Is he going to be able to, how's this, how's this play out? Cause these kids, I mean, you've, you've seen it. We face teams that have, have, you know, six foot two, 12 year olds, right. Throwing 75 miles an hour from yep. 50 feet. So there's, you always run into these guys and you're like, where, you know, where do these guys come from? Well, some people just develop faster than others. And, um, you know the thing that I want to say about that, though, which is really important, um, and I, I don't think a lot of you know, depending on if people that have played you know, high school sports or what have you, it all evens out. It really does. Um, if it's know, hard to see that in the beginning, it really it is, is so it difficult. Do you feel like you know? You, I mean, gosh, we're also uh, super aware of how time is ticking, right? We, mm-hmm. We're like, gosh, before we know it, we're going to be empty nesters, right? <laughs> and so you, you you think about those types of things. You're like, gosh, I, every, every moment that's wasted is a wasted moment, right? Yep, and you, yep. know, I, my son needs to be getting better. And sometimes you just have to let nature play itself out. Sometimes your son just needs to go through puberty uh, or needs to start growing. And everybody does that at a different time. And the ones that have the benefit of being, maybe going through it sooner, getting bigger and stronger when they're younger. They do have an, a, an advantage over everybody else, but there's also can be a detriment to them. Mm. What happens a lot of times is that they get complacent. They think that they're better and they're always the best on their team and they get complacent and they don't work at it. Mm. Meanwhile, a kid that's undersized, that has a lot of heart, but maybe doesn't outwardly have the type of talent that stands out on the field, works his butt off, keeps going to training, keeps doing all the things he needs to be doing to get better, and then all of a sudden he hits puberty, and now all those skills that he he has been developing over the last number of years are now very relevant on the same field that that that, that big player is. Yeah. So um, it, it does even out, and I've seen it happen in, in high school. Um, we all have.
1: Yeah, big time. So question for you kind of around that subject – when is the if you as a parent have something you want to tell the coach and i know you're not supposed to talk to you about your player to your coach during game day but if it's vital and you really want to talk to the coach yeah. and you have something important to say you pro, through your entire baseball career you've had to have those strange offsetting moments where the timing is wrong and the parents need to learn sure so what is is it always outside of baseball games if it's vital to them which may not be vital to you right
0: ideally uh you know ideally so yeah i mean I, you know we make we and most programs do this most coaches do this where there's a right time and a wrong time to uh for a for a kid to talk about things let alone a parent um parents when it's game day um and even during practice need to just let things let things be and and talk offline talk after uh, after the game is fine uh, before the game, probably not um, before practice or after practice is fine or give me a call. Yeah. And, and I, I think any coach worth their salt would, would agree that they should be an open book. And, and if, if a parent has a concern uh, or questions that they should be able to uh feel free to call and and or email or whatever it takes to ask those questions
1: what do you think code of conduct should be for parents because time and time again if the player is driving home obviously with their dad or mom and let's say a certain coach out there they're not a fan of what happened that day and the parent ends up trashing the coach yeah and then you and I've had these conversations where it can really change the ecosystem on how the player yep. works with the coach. What is your advice to some of these parents who just get so heated in, yeah. in this and really can almost destroy their
0: child's future with that team? Well, it really does. You know, I mean, so many people talk about culture on a team, right? We talk about having a code of conduct that we expect these kids to play by right we we want them to they're representing their team they're representing themselves they're representing the coach their family the organization right they're representing all these different things but you know what we we hone in on the kids on that but meanwhile mom and dad are out in the stands making an ass of themselves because yeah. they are yelling at umpires yelling at the other team yelling at me or or whatever coach and it's you know, it's destroying youth sports. It really is. And I, I know anybody that has seen it out there would agree. It's ugly. It's toxic. And I guess what I would say is that the the, the time it, to do it is, you know, think step back, look at it at a 30,000-foot level and say, what would be the right time to address the coach about my son's playing time? Okay, right during the game is not the time to do it. Before the game is not the time to mm-hmm. do it. Having your son come to me or daughter during the game, before the game, that is not the time to do it. Yeah. There's there's different times to do it. But I think parents need to understand that they are part of the problem or the solution. If they are bad-mouthing the coach, the program, getting negative on every single player, every single thing, it's hard for the kid to enjoy playing on a team that he's giving his his heart and soul to while his parents are not supportive because they're not really in it for the team they're in it only for their son and i i don't expect we shouldn't expect people to be in it for everybody but but i think parents need to kind of heed that a little bit too where they need to be looking at the the team and that experience as part of of what they're giving their child
1: now when scouts look at uh, players you know in, in their high school level um this reminded me of a conversation i think you and i had a while ago is, you know, parents can be too involved in game day when the kids should be advocating for themselves with their coach and they shouldn't have, be talking to the parent. The parent shouldn't be getting water bottles during the game. You know, Mm -hmm. they need to mature and grow and they need to be independent and only working with the coaching staff or the head coach. And parents honestly should be out of, you know, really they should just be fans in the stand. Is this true? Absolutely.
0: Those are red flags for for professional scouts, for college coaches, those are red flags. Even for high school coaches seeing this at a at say a 12U or 13U level, that's those are red flags because these programs, professional or college or what have you, are looking for young men, right? Because if if you're if you're soft, you're not going to make it, mm-hmm. okay? You're going to be facing guys throwing 95 miles an hour in college, right? Or even maybe even in high school. Guys throw harder now than they used to, but you're gonna face ninety, right? You're gonna get drilled. You're gonna get you know, you're gonna face some real adversity. And if you have your mom cutting your the crust off your sandwich for you, okay, <laughs> those types of things are are red flags to coaches. If you know daddy's carrying your you know son's catcher's gear and mom's, you know, handing a Z bar over the, the dugout fence, yeah. those things are not Anything that coaches want to see, or college coaches want to see, nobody wants to see it. Yeah. And and that is something that really this is more that's more for parents. I mean, kids need to know that too. But I think parents are the ones that enable that type of behavior.
1: Mm-hmm. So so where what age do you expect kids to advocate for themselves and not have the parents ask the questions? Uh,
0: you know, I mean, I think everybody's different on that one. I mean, yeah. I I know. Personally, I, I would love it when kids are even 11, 12 years old in Little League. But uh, but I know realistically, uh, probably it, that has to stop at Little League. I would say at 13U and yeah. up, it needs to stop.
1: Yeah, 100%. All right, Coach Drew, great show so far. Coming up in minutes, uh, we got a special guest we're going to have on the show. But before we get to any of that, we've got to have a shout out Facebook because you created the page for us, yeah. and our fans can connect to us on that and ask you anything. Right? Is is it a no holds bar? Nothing is off limits. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose to some degree, but you know, there's there's obviously we want to we want to. There's always going to be haters out there, right? I mean, I think <laughs> you, a- you, heck, you've been in this industry <laughs> yes, for yes. quite a long time. There's always going to be haters. There out will. There, be. there will. Be. Um, and. You know, people, And we like to bring the haters, you know, too. What, bring whatever. it all. Away. Yeah, it, it's, look, you know. It's we fine. won't filter it. No. We may not air it, but, but we, we may not air it. But yeah. We will talk about it off um, the air. But we'll certainly address it. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to have uh, opinions on what type of uh, shows we should yeah. put out there. What kind of topics we need to yes. have. Yes, you know? that's um, a great point. It, you know, what we're going to try to do is or at least part of our focus is to have seasonal appropriate topics Mm -hmm. uh, because there are different points in the season where you want to be talking about different things right you know like off-season training for instance or in-season training what are the differences what should you be doing Um, end of the season type of things like what are you preparing for next year and and looking for a new team and things like that so there's a lot of seasonal specific things that we're going to be really uh, trying to hit on every every episode and, and also having some great guests as well
1: Speaking of, we got a great guest coming up. But first, uh, quickly, let's just touch on uh, Baseball Beyond Borders. And they're based out of Kent. And it's tethered and tied to the MLB. Yeah. Uh, and it's a charity you know through a friend of yours have, on your team, right? I have
0: a friend, Joe Townsend. I've uh, been playing baseball with and against him for, gosh, I don't know, 20 years probably. Um, and he's... Uh, this. So Baseball Beyond Borders is a, a Major League Baseball initiative. And it, it's really... It's, it's what it's trying to do is, is increase access to, to baseball, empower youth, um, transform lives, and, and really giving uh, kids that maybe haven't had exposure or the means or both uh, an access to baseball. And, the, you know, whatever it is they need to, to make that happen.
1: And them. tethered to that a little bit uh, reminds me, I don't know why you're talking about it, just a light bulb popped off my head and made me want to ask you the question, which, which I think is so important to find out what motivates a coach. And what is your high? Like, what motivates you the most when you're on the field coaching, teaching, strategizing? What, what kind of makes when you leave that night and the lights go off and the scoreboard is win or lose? Yep. What motivates you? What gets you excited?
0: Personal pride. And that personal pride comes from seeing the success for one or more of the players that I've been coaching when we work on a pickoff move. And that pitcher executes it perfectly, um, or or maybe a kid is working on hitting the ball the other way, and that hasn't been able to do it before. And maybe we have to put a hit and run on it, a certain situation that is crucial in in the game at the end of the game. And we need him to step up and do it and and he does it. Those types of things give me goosebumps because, uh, ultimately, it's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about the kids. But I will say, I do get a lot of pride and take a lot of pride out of knowing I taught that kid how to do that. Because when it's all said and done, what I would love is for every kid that I've ever coached to be able to say, Coach Drew is the best coach I ever had. I, I learned this from him. Okay, Those are the things that I try to be as a coach, and I, and I, I want kids to at least learn as much as they can while they're under me. No
1: doubt. All right, coming up next, we got a special guest. Uh, Coach Drew goes one-on-one with his guests, uh, a former baseball player, former major league player, uh, but also involved with youth sports, and we'll talk to him, or you'll talk to him next. Oh, yeah. Baseball's Inside Journey podcast, episode one.
2: Feet pain, ankle pain, knee pain, hip pain. It all starts with our feet. Hi there, I'm Delilah. If you have pain, talk with the folks at Good Feet. They make arch supports that are designed to support all four arches of the foot, aligning your body from the feet up. Get fitted today at one of the Good Feet locations near you, goodfeet.com.
0: Welcome back to Baseball's Inside Journey with Coach Drew and Eric Power. All right, we are on
1: Baseball's Inside Journey. I'm Eric Powers, along with Coach Drew. And this is incredible. We are so excited, so passionate to have our very first guest as far as our podcast. And he is Mr. Mariner. And uh, nineteen eighty four American League Rookie of the Year, Mariners Hall of Fame, nineteen ninety seven, and just all around like the nicest guy in baseball. Mr. Alvin Davis right here, all right, everybody. Alvin, <laughs> thank you for being on with us. I
3: appreciate us. it. It's so you, cool. Man. Thank you, Drew.
1: Thank you so much. So let's yeah. jump into this, man. First of all, how are you doing? How is life right now? I know you're involved with the Mariners. I mean, you're obviously still a part of the team.
3: Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, life is really, really good. I am blessed beyond measure. Um, you know, my, my role, uh, for the most part, in the organization is more supportive, uh, more advisory, more more of a mentor type of role uh, to both our players and our staff and so you know i'm always I always try to go into spring training with that mindset of you know what can i do to help things go as smoothly as possible and to help the players and the staff um, uh, get ready for the championship season both at the big league level and the minor league level and a big part of it from a staff level as far as i'm concerned from a supportive position is trying to encourage as much of that relationship and trust building between the major league staff Um, And and the players as I possibly can. Mm. And, uh, you know, and then some of the direct uh, interactions with the players, you know, similar to some of the things we're going to talk about on the cast today is, uh, you know, just with the younger players kind of helping them get acclimated, uh, oriented uh, to being in in major league camp and and, uh, you know, so that they can put their best foot forward and take advantage of whatever opportunities there are for them. Um, to to you know to make the impression that they want to have that they want to make and have the have the screen camp that they want to have and uh, you know and sometimes that involves conversations about what to do but um, sometimes it involves conversations about not trying to do too much try not trying to over impress not trying to overdo it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it sounds like a really exciting time. Obviously, it's exciting for us fans, Mariner fans, but to be a part of the organization must just be. Very, very cool. I one thing I, I wanted to ask you as a follow up to that is like, how how has player development changed since your time as a player? I mean, I know that uh, from what I see and what I you know, I'm addicted to uh, MLB Network and I'm always watching that. I'm watching your old uh, right side of the field teammate there, uh, Harold Reynolds, all the time. And I love watching him on that show. But you know, hearing about exit velocity and launch angle and all these metrics that are being tracked all the time. Um, and how that's tri- And I'm seeing that obviously as a 13U coach, I see that trickling down into uh, select uh, travel mm-hmm. ball programs um, from the, on the major league side or even in the, the minor league side. how do you see that uh, playing into uh, today's game as opposed to when you were coming up?
3: Yeah. Another great question, you know, and there's, there's a big answer to, I mean, there's a long answer to that. I, I think the short answer that I'll, that I'll give is that, in, in many ways, um, it hasn't changed. Uh, like, it's not a paradigm shift from what it was, you know, 40, 45 years ago when I was coming through the system in that, you know, you, you still have to go out and play the game. You still have to go out and compete um, from a player development standpoint. Obviously, you know, the goal for every player in our organization is to advance, to move to the next level, uh, to continue to do the things that they need to do um, to, you know, not only prove yourself uh, prove themselves to the Mariners, but also to the entire industry that they have what it takes to compete at the major league level. And so that there's, that's, that hasn't changed. That's kind of foundational. That's kind of fundamental. Um, What has changed a lot is, you know, how, how you get there. And, um, and it it is, it has definitely changed for the better Um, man. There's, it it is great to be a player uh, today. Now, you know, to this to the specific examples that you you cited, I think how uh, organizations use that information, um, what information gets filtered to the players, and how it gets presented to the players, is really a dividing point. Uh, that that's that's a separator. And uh, you know, I know with the Mariners, you know, we we try to make our players aware um, that that you know we do measure everything. Everybody in baseball measures everything. But we we it to the way, to them as uh, as uh, opportunity rather than threat, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and you know, part of my role as as one of our staff members is to remind our players of that, you know, because you know it, it can be uh, received as a threat. You know, uh, you know, you, you shot you you cited uh, you know velocity for pitcher or launch ankle exit velocity for a hitter. And you know the hitters see where they're they're being measured, and you know, man, I'm you know I'm not as good as this guy. I'm not, and, and so they can put a, a negative interpretation on it, or uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, a negative application. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've I've got to go out and again revolutionize myself. You know, overnight uh, to make myself relevant. And uh, you know, you you've heard over the years, uh, especially since uh, Jerry and Scott Service uh, came in and Andy McKay. Um, Mm -hmm. And and Justin Hollander, you know, um, controlling the zone, you know, and uh, that that mantra, everything filters back to that. That's that's the big idea. And so, you know, again, I I get to to help remind our players that everything we do is is uh, is is designed to help you dominate the strike zone, whether it's on offense, whether, you know, as a hitter or whether it's on defense. And then of course the other things that are connected to that within the game of baseball, which lead to winning. And that is, you know, being good on the bases, um, being good on defense, you know, um, Perry Hills uh, mantras come to mind, you know, 27 ounce and no more. Because that's that's what the great teams do. That's what the best teams do. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you get 27 outs and you don't give ex- extra outs because, as you know, as coaches and, and, and lovers of the game, even at the lowest level um you know you, you give other teams extra outs it's just a matter of time before they're going to take advantage of it yeah, that. that's sure. that's from 100. t-ball on up mm-hmm. but uh but uh, but at the major league level it gets magnified because you know you end up turning the lineup over and mm. you know just staying within our division you know here here comes a Corey seager and a marcus Simeon, or here comes a mike trout and a Shohei Ohtani. oh my gosh you, know, mm. you, you want to see those guys mm. as few times as you possibly can <laughs> so yeah so anyway you know to to get back to the answer to your question, you know, we, we, we try to tilt the floor, if you will, of all of our information and everything that we're doing to benefit the player as much as we possibly can. And, and so that we know that they know what really matters to the, to the Seattle Mariners and what really matters to other organizations in the game of baseball and try to, you know, uh, eliminate any potential confusion or clutter or, or overwhelmed, uh, you know, our players being overwhelmed that could come from providing so much information. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just to focus, you know, I, I could go on and on. There's mm-hmm. so many other things that are, you know, nutrition, uh, mental skills.
1: We, we, we could have you uh, back a time and time again. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to focus the next podcast on nutrition, I think. <laughs> well,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. I like, Elvin. I got to say about it, one thing I really like about what you're talking about was the mental approach. And that's something that I'm trying to teach our kids at the 13U level and you know you are seeing a trend in some some programs more than some of the elite programs or even when kids start getting to be 15 16 where they become a pitcher only and uh, obviously you know a lot of baseball purists might think that that's probably not that that great for the player Um, i would kind of lean that way as well because what you said earlier was that you have pitchers coming to you say hey what are hitters looking for I I would think right. that it's kind of beneficial to a young pitcher to have an idea of what it's like to be at the plate against a competitive pitcher to and try to think through that at bat. Would you not yes. agree with that?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, uh, you know, those, those are kind of the big picture uh, items, you know, you, you, you've probably heard of us talk about the, the, the 15 second funnel, which will probably now be a 10 second funnel because of the pitch clock at all levels. Mm. But, but, you know, um, the big idea for the mariners for mental skills is developing the ability to focus on the right thing at the right time mm. or the right thing at the critical time that's brilliant and so yeah you know if yeah. you're if you're a pitcher you know being able to to focus with confidence on the execution of that pitch you know hitting that target Um, getting that shape in a relaxed manner, you know, for, for a hitter, it's the baseball, right. You Mm -hmm. know, and uh, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, one of our players years ago in spring training, uh, just sharing, you know, some of these cage talks that I mentioned, you know, these cage conversations that we have Taylor Moder was a player. And, and he said, you know, with the race um, you know, he was talking with one of the coaches and, and uh, trying to get some clarity through the conversation, the coach asking the question, what's the only thing that can get you out? Hmm. And it, 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 is that not a pro- profound question? Yeah, it, it makes it very, very you know, <laughs> well, you know, it could, you know, it depends on the defensive plan and, you know, it depends on what the guy's throwing and, you know, it just depends on how hard he's on. He, he goes, it's a real simple answer. It's the baseball. <laughs> the baseball is the only thing that can get you out. Yeah. And, you know, simple but profound, right? And so yeah. and what the coach was trying to communicate, yeah, <laughs> what he was trying to communicate is, is you know, if, if you're worried about the wind and the sun and where the first baseman's playing, where the shortstop's playing, you know, all of these things at, at that critical juncture when the only thing that can get you out is the baseball, um, you're, you, you've probably uh, already gotten yourself out or you've yeah. already at least – at least giving yourself a way uh, smaller chance of being successful in executing your plan on that particular pitch.
1: Yeah, it, now, it, it feels like our audience can 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 take a lot of what you're saying, and it's everything so simplified and yes. transferable and distilled down that I mean, you know, from from coach to coach, I mean, it seems like that that like even parents could help their their young players with that.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would think from my from coaching kids right now that I I could totally see we're trying to simplify it because they have so many things going on in their head. They're they're wondering how they're competing with their peers and if they are good enough to be on this team or or what have you. And then, of course, if they're worried about launch angle and exit velo and and things like that, they've got too many things going through their head than just being an athlete and focusing on what they've practiced. So I, I would definitely think that that would play into it. I mean, yes. if you were going to, Alvin, if you, you know, if they what kind of advice would you give to ball players and their families who maybe just starting out like, like that's kind of what this podcast, how this kind of started is that, look, I didn't play in the major leagues and, but, uh, you know, played some junior college baseball and, and that was, that was great, but I've been playing my whole life and I just absolutely have a passion for baseball And so I, I coach, I love to coach and I still love to play and from, and, but I want to, I love being able to give back uh, the information because I see the passion in these young kids and they want more and I want to help them get more. And that's really what this podcast is about. So uh, from your standpoint, somebody that, that made it as, as far as, you know, every, every kid is out there dreaming about. I mean what what kind of advice would you give to a, a a young player that's maybe just just kind of starting out uh maybe 10 11 12 and what kind of things should they work on
3: Yeah, you know, um uh, gosh, one of the things that come to, comes to mind is uh just the the fact that baseball just like any fine skill is developed through repetition. And so, you know, I'll use that instead of work or hard work, but just, it's just, it's repetition. It takes repetition to master any skill in life, anything that that requires talent um, and especially in a competitive environment. And so, um, you know, just, you know, repetition is required. At the same time, I think, uh, you know, just just thinking about uh, young kids, I think variety is important. Um, So not just playing baseball, but, um, you know, practicing other disciplines, or that could, it could be music, um, practicing other sports, um, because, you know, in that you're going to have some some development of, of your cognitive, right? Your, your mm-hmm. mental skills are going to develop and, and uh, they're not totally disconnected from one another. And I think by doing so also, you know, you, you kind of cut down on, you know, the physical wear and tear of, of playing baseball, you know, 12, year, 12 months a year. Uh, at an early age. And, uh, and I think you also are going to um, prevent some of the burnout that can happen. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I've been around uh, the travel ball, you know, my brother does travel ball in the Sacramento area. And, you know, I've been around it a lot. And, you know, just a number of players over the years have just reached that point where it's like, man, I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, it's like, I want to do some other things. So yeah, so I I think, you know, you know, repetition, um, like interdisciplinary repetition, and then also just the variety of doing some different things, developing some different skills, um, you know, I think is important for kids, um, you know, and 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 they'll, their love for baseball will eventually rise to the surface. And that's what they'll want to continue to be to, to, to do and be passionate about. Now, you know, some kids are going to develop or, you know, display that passion. Uh, Earlier than other kids, you know, Mm -hmm. there's there's certain kids, you know, they want to play catch all the time. They want to hit all the time. And, and, you know, they want to watch baseball all the time. They want to learn as much as they can. They're curious. and, And so, yeah, sometimes that's easier to see. But, uh, yeah, th- that would that would be some of my advice, you know, as I mentioned, you know, with our kids, with our grandkids, um, you know, just, uh, you know, letting them tell you some somewhat what what it is they're passionate about and then supporting them in their passion. And, you know, because we love baseball, of course, we hope that it's baseball,
0: yeah. but
3: uh, but it, it might be something else. And, and, and that's OK.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's okay for sure. That's really great.
3: So,
1: what do you what do you recommend telling youth players? Uh, you know, when they're when they're flying high and hitting homers and and getting people out, but that's the fun times. But the tough times, mm-hmm. what self talk um, do you even give Mariner players? I mean, wh- how do they get through the tough times? Because I think Mariners, uh, or excuse me, parents struggle with that. Players struggle with that. Um, what is that inside story that, that players should be telling themselves or that you talk to players about?
3: Yeah. You know, that's, that's an extremely important component of mental skills and and character development, even even at the major league level. Um, You know, I was just talking with, uh, there's a young man who attends our church here in Riverside who plays at the local high school. I've known him since he was a child and, you know, he's a junior, senior in high school now. And just, you know, so every once in a while he'll come up and, you know, we had about a half hour, you know, coaching session, you know, mentoring session with him. And, you know, I just mentioned to him, you know, the great Edgar Martinez, one of the things that I mentioned is um, one of the that 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 really separated Edgar, uh, even within his own career, was his mastery of mental skills. And uh, one of the components was was positive self-talk. And, uh, you know, it's well documented in, in Edgar's story. I would, I would commend everybody in the Pacific Northwest to be a student of Edgar Martinez, especially mm. players, and, uh, and just learn from the great Edgar Martinez. And so pezit- positive self-talk and, uh, and visualization. Um, and, and some people would say to the extreme, but, you know, it, it made Edgar who Edgar uh, became. Uh, who, you know, who is a Hall of Famer, you know, a legend, and not only in the Pacific Northwest, but in all of baseball. And so if you, if you ran into Edgar today and you ask him, you know, Edgar, just give me two things that I can do uh, that can help me uh, improve as a player. I, I'm confident that those two things would would be there. That would probably be a long conversation, but but yeah, <laughs> that that would be there. And, and, and you know, so, so what does that mean, positive self-talk? Well, you know, like you said, within the game where, you know, there's so much failure, In the game, you know, for example, just just with pitching, even at the major league level, um, you know, if if a pitcher goes out and throws 60 or 70 percent strikes, that's a good outing as far as getting the ball in the strike zone. Right. But, you know, that means that, you know, you know, 30 to 40 percent of the pitches he threw didn't get into the strike zone. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's not even talking about, you know, the, what happened as, as the result of the pitch, you know, and uh, you know, on the batting side, it's very well documented. You know, you know, if you, uh, if you get 10,000 at bats in a, in a, uh, in a major league career and you get 3,000 hits, you're, you're going to make it into Cooper stat. <laughs> I don't know that there's anybody that's done that that's not considered a legend. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but within those numbers are 7,000 outs. Wow. You know, so so more than more than half of your at bats, you get out, Right, 70 mm-hmm. yeah. percent of your at bats, you get out. And so yes. my point being that there's a lot of failure in the game and then which means there's there's a there's fertile ground for negativity. You know, I'm not good. Uh, you know, the game hates me. You know, I, I have no luck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, uh, everybody else is better than me. There's just so many temptations. I'm, I'm struggling. I can't get the ball in the zone. I can't make solid contact to save my life. I, you know, I feel like I'm swinging uphill, or I feel like I'm swinging underwater, or, coach, I feel like my feet are in lead and I just can't move. <laughs> there's just, there's just so much negativity that, that yeah. naturally comes with the game. And so, so developing that positive self-talk. And visual positive visualization is really, really critical, and, and, and it never stops. It mm-hmm. never stops. Even the best of the best of the best in today's game – are are really good at uh at, at positive visualization and positive self-talk wow that's great. powerful yeah. that's yeah. great
1: well thank you so much for for uh jumping on and, and joining us and i feel like we could do probably 10 podcasts with you
0: oh i know I, I, <laughs> that, would, that <laughs> would sure be great <laughs> i appreciate that
3: I, I i think some of it's a byproduct of being old
1: really appreciate it i'm sure you know down the road if you don't mind but you know if you're not busy we'd love to connect with you again sometime
3: yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. We'll make time for it. Wow. Uh, Thank any, you. Anything I can do to help uh, develop baseball in the Northwest and Mariners Nation, I'm, I'm happy to do it. That's great. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Alvin.